everybody, and welcome back to Time and Attention, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better, more intentional human being. I'm the co-host of this show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 97, The Flip Phone Experiment. Oh, boy. This is... Uh, oh, do you, hear, do you hear this? Yes, it's... <laughs> yeah, do you hear that? I don't know if that'll come through, but it... For people who were alive... No, look at alive, the waveform there. Look at the waveform. Oh, I saw it. It's spiking. But for people who were alive during the flip phone era, which might not be everybody who listens to this, The right? flip phone era is not over, by the way, because the Motorola Razor oh, yeah, is back. Yeah. There's other phones that are back now too, but... But everybody... Yeah. It's almost like a nostalgia play for Motorola because people have a yeah. lot of nostalgia when it comes to the first, basically, phones that were kind of mass market were flip phones for a lot of people, right? There were the brick yeah. phones, and then very quickly we evolved to flip phones, where all of a sudden you could collapse them to be closed, and it was the most satisfying feeling. It is, just hanging up on somebody and and clapping it closed. You know, I don't actually think... Oh, you mean not in anger. Okay. It, not in anger, yeah. Oh, okay. What, what is the sound of one phone clapping? I have no idea, but I don't think it matters because the sound of one flip phone closing is uh, what everybody just heard right now, which is unfortunately, as maybe I'm giving ourselves away, how I feel about this away. Yeah. It's unfortunately, the sound of Chris's latest experiment. The the sound of one phone clapping is your wife leaving you. No, that's <laughs> no? dramatic. <laughs> it's maybe the sound of your wife rolling her eyes very heavily. Now, I should say, out of all the experiments <laughs> I've done, uh, this one is bothering you the most. And uh, there... there uh, there have been some challenging ones. I remember living in isolation for 10 days. I remember being a slob for a week and not showering. I think I showered two or three times that particular week. There, there have been some weird ones. But this one, out of any of them, you, you have raised uh, the, most, uh, the, the greatest number of objections to. And I will repeat for, for listeners here. Okay, I, I, but to set the stage here, what, what? this is actually the only experiment I have ever objected to. Yeah, if yeah. we think back to all of the other like dozens and dozens of experiments you've done over the years, some of which involved me literally bringing you food for oh, 10 days <laughs> so you didn't die in isolation. I mean, that was... A lot of, I mean, I feel like in hindsight, people would say, oh, you wouldn't object to that. And I didn't. I thought it was fun and cool that you were doing these things. And I'm happy to support that. This is the first one I have ever objected to. So just audience out there, I'm not crazy or or a nagging wife. This no, is you're just, not. No, this no, no. is just the only experiment for a good reason that we'll talk about on this episode. But go ahead. I'm sure yeah. you have. So I, I would like <laughs> to read you back uh, some of your iMessages, Arden. So I've pulled some of the iMessages. So for, for listeners, you know, iMessage, of course, is the default Apple messaging service that's mm-hmm. on all the devices. And turns out, if you get rid of your SIM card on your phone... All uh, hell breaks loose. All hell breaks loose. But you can still iMessage people from your email address. Kind of. And, and the email address that's associated with my Apple ID is one that I had back in high school, uh, which is, what, 20 years ago? Yeah. At this point. And uh, think back to your <laughs> high school email address, whatever it was. Yeah. Everybody had a dumb high school email address. And they this one has just followed you somehow on yeah. iMessage. Now everybody's getting messages <sighs> from Chunky Lover69. No, no, that's just not that's what not it, is. it. That's not it. But okay, so I will read you back some of your messages. Uh, in all caps, 
you said, or Nordstrom. <laughs> this texting thread is so annoying. Uh, the next <laughs> message said, OMG, that's all in all caps. Uh, now, the one after that, please sort this out. The blank email is irritating. Why is your iPad no longer sending from your phone number? I've added this email to my contact information for you. This is annoying. Uh, to which I responded, this email equals iMessage. And you said, there is no continuity. We text all day. I don't want to have to check two threads all day long. I know, but why do I have to figure out what device you're currently using just to message you? This should not be my problem or other people's problems. Can I just say, yeah. you missed a whole chunk of that conversation what? because it went on your other device. Really? Yeah. Oh. So even <laughs> in your example, there's a whole chunk missing because you were bash back going back and forth between two different conversations. So we don't need to run down our whole conversation. Okay. But I'm just pointing out that you being on an iMessage... And I recognize this is the epitome of a first world problem. Like me complaining to my wonderful husband that I have to go back and forth between two conversations to have continuity in a thread. But I will point out that this is Christopher's biggest pet peeve when I would have like an iMessage issue that would come from, I would have all of a sudden two conversations with me where you'd have an iMessage through a phone number and then with an email. And anyone who has an iPhone knows that this used to happen a lot. Like it used to happen with iMessage constantly it's my pet peeve not with you but with apple yeah apple is terrible at at this because Mm. they want everybody to to use an iphone but they have largely fixed this problem and so now not in this all of a sudden i have two messages with you and i think when i sent out those texts i don't usually use all caps (laughs) so for the record but in this particular case um, it had also been that all of our like messages with our family and like group chats had also broken so it was just frustrating morning. So I, I think, uh, listeners, what you are hearing uh, is there is a, a social cost associated with um, this particular experiment switching to a flip phone. But to kind of kick us off here, I want to go through the list of reasons why this experiment came to be. First of all, uh, the original impetus, we had Laura on the show uh, two weeks ago, where she was talking about Tranquility by Tuesday. One stat, I I mentioned it in the interview, uh, really stuck out to me that people spend almost an hour on social media every day. And these were time logs from some of the most conscientious people in the world. These are people who not only follow Laura's work, but send her time logs of how they're spending their time. So uh, Arden, with, with your blessing, I would like to go through my list of why this experiment came to be. Oh, sure. No, I am all for hearing this out. Okay, so you, you, you're, what's your standing on the, so are you still against the experiment? I think it's the wrong way to go about a good idea. Oh, so there's some nugget in here. That you think is good. Yes. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a sec. Okay. So tell me what you think of these reasons for the experiment. Uh, The first of which, when I look back, most of what I do on my smartphone doesn't matter. And that's, I think, yeah, that's possibly true for you. Um, Why do you, why do you feel like that though? If I want to be productive, I do it on a laptop. If I want something meaningful, I'd never do it on my phone. There's nothing you do that has meaning on your phone. There's nothing like uh, take working pictures, out. Take or... pictures. 
Yeah. So, I mean, and taking pictures is something you actually get a lot of value out of. You do this for fun. You also go back and look back on, you're the only person I know who actually goes to look at their food photos. Like you do take photos of food, but you actually look at them. Yeah. And so I'm actually very surprised that you came to the conclusion that that didn't add enough value in and of itself to keep an iPhone in your pocket all the time. I have a camera. I have a camera. But you don't carry it with you. No. (laughs) <laughs> Not so. yet in the experiment. <laughs> so that is the one example. Everything else, though, hasn't mattered. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, that's that's the first one. Uh, the second reason for this, I'm connected eight or more hours anyway, on my laptop, on my iPad mini phone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number three, I rarely feel elated or even happy using the device. This was a big one for me. My I- phone has... I don't, I don't know if my phone has really ever brought me much happiness. I have thoughts on this point, but we can come back to that. Well, the, well we're going through these rapid fire, I guess. Okay. But what, what's the... I think my thought is this never came up until you recently upgraded your phone. You used mm. to love your old phone, yeah. which was smaller, yeah. I might add, yeah. and did 100% of the same things. Like, to be honest, I don't notice the difference between all the phones mm. anymore, except the yeah. size. Yeah. And you, uh, the minute you bought the new phone, you hated the size. Mm. And then very shortly after that, you started not lo- enjoying your phone. When I know for a fact, you enjoyed the previous phone. So mm. I'm looking at this as an outsider and saying, I don't think it's the way you're using the phone. I think the problem was the phone itself. And you just didn't like the iPhone 14. When you upgraded from the 11. I, I do not like the iPhone 14 Pro. I know. It's a uh, hot trash. And I think you're conflating that problem with the iPhone. <laughs> you, you, know what, you know what I think part of it is, and we'll get back on track in a sec, is the, a bigger screen phone makes you feel as though what you're looking at is more important than it truly is. Because nothing is that important on a phone, but when it's so big... Mm. there's something about that that makes us feel as though it's more important than it is. I'm that not feels sure. a bit Freudian, but I'm not maybe. sure. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's some suppressed thing that's coming up now. Uh, fourth reason, I often lose control of my behavior while using the device. That seems really surprising because as someone who knows you pretty well, mm-hmm. you seem to, you talk a lot about, and I know you actually act on having intention yeah. in the work you do. Yeah. And so I'm surprised you find that you you have this problem with your phone, to be honest. I continually have to beat back all the distraction on the device. Mm. Yeah. So the next one, I enjoy life more when I do things the analog way. Yep. I also, I think, again, this is a point where I, I don't think this has to be mean that you can't have a phone or an iPhone. Okay. I don't think... I I listen to this list and I don't hear anything that makes the case that the solution is to have a flip phone. Okay. All right. That's fair. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Uh, And the final one on the list for the article is I'm already a lousy lousy texting correspondent. Yeah. No, that's just a bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My friend, uh, Neil, who's been on the show, Mm -hmm. Neil Pashrika, he always uh, shits on me for not being uh, good good over text. As you should. Okay. (laughs) Hi, Neil. So all that to say... I think all of these reasons are real. I'm not dismissing that these are not problems. I'm just, I think that none of the answers to that problem would be that you should have only a flip phone. Mm. I think the problem is you didn't like the phone you had. Maybe it was too big. Maybe you hadn't been as intentional with it because you've had a big media month too, right? Yeah. There's just been so much stuff happening in your daily life 
that has been kind of sensational. Like it's not been the usual daily routine for you. And so it's very easy to fall out of your normal habits. And so maybe it's just to have a habitual problem rather than the device itself. But having a flip phone is kind of a fun experiment. So what do you think the real problem is? That you didn't like your phone and that okay. maybe you've had a busy month and we're just a little more distracted. <laughs> and, and tired yeah. and distracted. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. So uh, a question for you. Do you think having a smartphone has been a net good in your life? This was, be- mm. before you answer, this is a question I posed uh, to uh, folks on Instagram and Twitter. And most, about two thirds of people on both platforms said that it has been. But about a third said it wasn't. And I looked mm. at uh, the, the the people that said it uh, wasn't a, a net good in their life. And they're the people that I know that tend to use the phone a bit more. Mm. Yeah. So I would fall firmly in the camp of, I think my phone is definitely a net positive in my life. Because mm. I think of all of the things that I, and it's, I think especially because you have gone to only using a flip phone, I think about all of the things in my, I'm just like very aware of all the things that I am able to do because I don't have a flip phone. Like for Mm. example, going for a run, having like a guided Peloton run when I go for a run. I love those. I think they've, they've just totally changed how I run and like made me a much better runner. And I love that. So I'm like losing that all on its own would be almost enough to not give up my phone and having something to listen to reliably. I know you can have a watch, but it's just immensely easier if you have a phone. Yeah. And I also, I mean, obviously I would say like there's a safety component of like having, knowing people that in in my life know where I am, right? Like I, we have find my, and that actually makes me feel like very confident. Find my being the app that Apple operates where if you have a friend in the app, you can see where they are at any given time with their permission and they can yeah. see where you are. Yeah, if you, you have give to them opt permission. into it. But I have opted to let you and my family see where I am. Yeah. And I and I know not everybody would feel comfortable with that, but I actually take a lot of comfort in knowing that like the people I love can know where I am. You know who loves Find My? Dads. Dads. <laughs> My dad is on this all the time and your dad is on this all the time. It's so nice. I love knowing that like my dad just likes to know where I am sometimes. It's kind of endearing. Wait, do you see that person out the window in the bush? No, that's not That that kind of looks like your dad. No. No, I'm just kidding. It's just very, I just find it's very, I think, and I, I, we live in a city where I get, I feel very safe all the time. So it's not a, a huge risk, but it's like the nice it's nice to know that in the off chance I got injured running or like fell when I was running or something bad happened. It's nice to know that everybody else knows where I am. And that makes me feel like very comfortable. There are also a lot of other things that I use my phone for. I also have started, so because it's really cold and I can't bike to work every day, I've started, um, I'll like get through most of my email backlog on the bus. Interesting. Or I will read on the bus. Like I've talked about this forever. How if there's like a little lull, if I'm waiting in line or waiting for something, or if I'm on the bus and don't have a book with me, I will just read something on my phone because I have the library app. And that's something I actually do a lot. And if you have a flip phone, you just simply cannot do these things. And so I fall firmly in the camp of thinking my phone adds value. Mm. I'm sure there are moments it's more distracting than not, but I'm also pretty careful about like how I bring my attention or my time to it. So yeah, Maybe I just don't have the problem that you seem to be having right now. Yeah, I think like it's the the phone is kind of a basket of trade-offs for me. 
Mm. where over time, and I'm going to speak like an economist here, you'll be so proud, Arne. Uh, Over time, at the very beginning of having a smartphone, it was all utility for me. It was all connecting with people. It was all uh, sharing things, having that genuine connection with people. And over time, it it kind of turned into a a device for me to uh, kind of extract more dopamine, more stimulation out of my already depleted mind. And this was, uh, and I, I remember I had a distinct feeling as it was after that meditation retreat that I did in Alberta. And I was on the up train, which is the train that connects the airport in Toronto to the, uh, to the union station, the train station. And I remember holding my phone in my hand and looking at it differently. Uh, and this was the tipping point for me. Uh, and then I looked up and around and every single person in the car that I was in w- was staring down at their phone. Uh, mm-hmm. they, were, they all had a zoned out look on their face. They all had their eyes glazed over and, you know, people were probably, they, they were probably on tiring flights. They were probably in the midst of travel. So it's not the perfect representative sa- sample as an economist might say. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that doing it for you? <laughs> but sure. uh, but I, I remember that distinct feeling I had on the train that day, and I haven't really thought about the phone the same since, mm-hmm. uh, especially the phone in my pocket. And looking at the things that I do on it, the things that I do on my phone that are productive, I can be even more productive on those things on a different device, on a laptop, even on an iPad. Uh, which raises kind of the technological layer to be far less personal and far more productive. And the things that I do on the phone that are meaningful, A, it's one thing and that's taking pictures uh, but and, and calling people, but I don't call people as much as I probably could or should. Uh, but it, it's it's really interesting that the jobs that I hire this device to do can be done through other devices. And so we, we did want to leave you with something tangible because we're talking about the experiment this episode. And in a couple episodes from now, we'll, we'll share how it went. We'll chat about how it went. But we did want to zero in on this jobs to be done theory uh, to chat about this theory and how it applies to the devices in our lives because this is how we relate to the things that, that we use. So before we do that, though, can, okay. can we just back up a step and say, like, what is the actual experiment here? You've said you're doing oh, experiment. an experiment yeah. where you get rid of your phone, but to what end? What are you actually, I guess, measuring or what's your hypothesis or what are you checking? What, how do you vet, measure success here? I don't know if there is success. I, I, I don't know if there is failure. I think there's just noticing what's different in, in 2023 when you don't have a smartphone. Um, you, you know, I wrote in the article for this experiment that giving up your smartphone in 2023 feels like the social equivalent of moving to a commune. And I really think that. I I really feel like you kind of ostracize yourself when you don't have a smartphone today. Uh, But at the same time, there could be these profound benefits that I haven't realized. And so I, I think for me, it's a chance to really dig into that frustration that I have with this device and try to figure out if there's ways to take what's positive about it and leave what's negative without having to exercise self-control whenever I use the device. And because, you know, I, I've developed, like, as many people have, this repertoire of, 
of habits, of routines for using technology more intentionally. Uh, but it's an effort. Every time I pick up the phone, every time I pick up the device, uh, it's an effort to expend willpower to not distract myself and give in to stimulation in the moment because that's what we crave in the moment. And so it's, I'm honestly quite excited and uh, very uh, fed up with this experiment so far. Uh, but I, I'm excited to see once I settle into a rhythm with it, how it unfolds. And so you're going to think, okay, so when you're, when in two episodes from now, when yes. we talk about how this went. The result episode. And I mean, you already did start, but it was only a couple of days. So when at the end of the day, yeah. you're going to talk about like how this changed your daily, daily interaction with not just your phone, but are you also going to think about your other technology? Because I mean, mm -hmm. I know you have other devices. You have an iPad, you have a computer that are all connected to iMessage. And so if just using iMessage is like the very basic example. Yeah. How are you going to notice if it's like, if you're just switching to a different device and you're still, the same behavior is still happening? Yeah. Well, this is where that jobs to be done theory comes in. And, you know, this is a theory. It was popularized by Clayton Christensen. Actually, he invented it as well. The late Clayton, Clayton Christensen from the Harvard Business School. And the theory basically says that we hire the different products that we welcome into our life to do jobs for us. And so by understanding the jobs that we hire them to do, uh, we can welcome the right products in. We, we can, uh, th and it's actually a marketing uh, concept where if you understand the jobs that your customers hire your product to do for you, uh, you can have that much more success because you understand what your product is for. Uh, he, he gives the example of uh, milkshakes. So there's a, a company that he consulted with where the, the, the milkshakes that they made, the morning milkshakes. Have you ever had a milkshake in the morning? No, and I've read this. Yeah. Like we, everybody learns about this in Marketing Do 101. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I did in my one marketing class I've taken. It wasn't just me repeating this for you a, a dozen no, times? No, no, I definitely <laughs> learned about this in school and you yeah. talk about like this jobs to be done thing. And the milkshake, I just I remember thinking, I I just am shocked people have a milkshake that are early in the morning. Because yeah. I mean, a milkshake for me is like maybe once or twice a year, not something. With a burger, I, or not something. even something I think about. Like, oh, I want to have a milkshake in the morning. So yeah. I'm just, I would love to meet like somebody to think of, talk about like how what how how often that takes place. If I'm you so like a, a milkshake in the morning, where can people reach you? No, no, uh, no? I don't actually okay. want to know. But okay. I'm just, I, it was one of those moments where I'm like. I didn't know this was some a problem that people needed to solve. Yeah. But well, I'm glad people are working well, on it, I guess. Th this company wanted to sell more of them. So, wow. <laughs> so the milkshake sales had flatlined for this one company. Just to kind of give you an overview of this example. Um, you know, milkshake sales had flatlined for a fast food company and they wanted to increase those sales in the morning. So they hired uh, Clayton to figure things out. And... He found that most of them bought the milkshake to do a similar job. Um, and I'm quoting here from a Harvard Business School article that we'll uh, link to in, in the show notes for this episode. They faced a long, boring commute and needed something to keep that extra hand busy and, and to make the commute more interesting. They weren't yet hungry, but knew they would be hungry by 10 a.m. They wanted to consume something now that would stave off hunger until noon. And they faced constraints. They were in a hurry. They were wearing work clothes. And they had 
at most one free hand. I'm quoting the article directly here. Uh, The milkshake was hired in lieu of a bagel or a donut because it was relatively tidy and appetite-quenching, and because trying to suck a thick liquid through a thin straw gave customers... I I don't mean to laugh so much. This is directly from Harvard Business School. I, I will... Uh, repeat, uh, trying to suck a thick liquid through a thin straw gave customers something to do with their boring commute. Understanding the job to be done, the company could then respond by creating a morning milkshake that would that was even thicker and more interesting with chunks of fruit. It was uh, it lasted longer during the commute, and the chain responded around this job to be done and sales then took off after this fact. And even people like Arden Nordstrom uh, were then buying milkshakes in the morning. And that is the end of this uh, parable from the Harvard Business School. I don't see this happening in my morning commute when I'm biking to work. (laughs) imagine biking with a milkshake. But essentially, this applies to the phone as well. You know, you you, you mentioned iMessage. We hire the devices in our life to do jobs for us. We hire our phone to be basically everything under the sun. It's it's a boarding pass. It's a calendar. It's a texting tool. It's uh, it's it's a map. It's everything. And and so these jobs to be done. My theory with this experiment is we can do these same jobs more efficiently with other pieces of technology. And the jobs that are left that we can't do with other pieces of technology can be handled. By a flip phone. I'm so skeptical. I, I, I you know, a few days, in, how, I think I'm like five days into the experiment yeah. at this point. I have my doubts, but I find myself molding my habits around the constraints of this experiment. And I'm excited to chat how, about how things go. I have a feeling, especially because you are talking about like, there are other devices that can do the same thing. Yeah. That's true. And so if the, conclusion of your experiment is you just need to use your iPad. I think that's going to (laughs) be the biggest cop out. Yeah. The biggest cop out because I mean, you, I mean, you have travel coming up, so I can't imagine you boarding a plane and giving them your iPad to scan your boarding paper. That's so wasteful. We live in 2023. Wasteful, you say. You can't print your boarding passes when you can put it on a device. The wasteful part is you charging this phone every night. I charge my phone every 18 days. We have hydro power where we live. <laughs> I'm not as worried about that than like tearing down the rainforest right now. So whoa, I just, whoa, those are fighting <laughs> words, Arden. No, fighting words. I'm I'm just being a little. I'm obviously being a little dramatic. <laughs> we but know I do we think, know what by this point you're not a fan of no. Of the and it's just, I feel like this is also the first time people in the podcast have heard us talk about a podcast and I or an experiment. And I have never been negative about an experiment. Yeah, yeah. This is the first one where I just think there are going to be a lot. Of also, like, there are a lot of spillovers in terms of how this will affect other people. Like, you're gonna, it, we've already talked about the iMessage thing and how that affects literally every group chat we're Mm -hmm. in. And there are a lot where we're both in it. So, I just had a whole morning of like all of our group chats breaking down. My biggest, that's my biggest frustration because I know I'm missing iMessages. Yeah. And I have no idea who I'm missing them from. (laughs) But the other things are like, for example, if we already went to, um, an escape room where we had to do a digital login where you had to scan yeah. a thing and you had to use my phone. And so yeah. these are just little examples of where, yeah, having a flip phone is great if the only thing you need to do is 
phone people and in your case, get Google Maps. The menu at the restaurant yesterday. Yeah. I had to use your phone as well. You had to use my phone. And so I think you're just underestimating all the other little things that it provides convenience. And in the end, my hypothesis is that you're going to conclude you just need a small phone. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Well, we will follow up in a couple episodes from now. Fun stuff. And uh, if our marriage is still intact. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Don't be dramatic. We'll be fine. <laughs> it will be good. It uh, will be good, but uh, maybe... That little phone might not survive. Yeah, this will be... Uh, uh, well, when, when we saw your daddy joked about running this thing over. Yeah. I mean, yeah. one time he actually did... Oh, I don't think he ran mine over, but he did shovel my phone into a snowbank. And then uh, six months later, he super glued my phone. So he doesn't have a great track record with my flip phones. I should mention both of those were my fault. I did drop my phone on the pavement and then I, he shoveled it. And then six months later, I broke it on another slab of pavement and he had to super glue it. There you go. Thanks, dad. Yeah. Jobs to be done though. Something interesting to think about. I, I think about this theory all the time when it comes to technology. What jobs can be transferred up to an iPad and a personal computer and which ones still have to be on the phone in this modern world that we live in. If you want to do the experiment with me, uh, you can email me, chris at chrisbailey.com. I sent out an email to my uh, mailing list the other day. You can sign up at chrisbailey.com if you're interested. No pressure. Email lists are are annoying sometimes, but I promise mine isn't. Um, And I was actually kind of surprised how many takers there were for this experiment. I'm I'm excited to uh, see... Who lasts to the end? I intend to do so and to talk about it on the podcast. Yippee. So finishing (laughs) up, timeandattention.fm is where you can find all of the episodes of the podcast. We will see you in a couple of Tuesdays and uh, hope you have a wonderful day. And make sure you do send in questions. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. We know episode 100 is a few episodes away still, but uh, we don't know when we'll be recording it because we, we have some travel coming up, so we could record it any day now. So uh, do send in your questions, chris at chrisbailey.com. They can be simple, they can be complex, they can be personal, they can be impersonal. Whatever you got, we'll be happy to chat about them on the show and the big Q&A spectacular for episode 100. See you there. See you in a couple Tuesdays. Bye.